Hello and welcome to the Dwarf Cast for Series 1, Episode 4, Waiting for God. I'm Seb Patrick. I'm uh, Jonathan Capps. And this is a, uh, a small scale, old school style commentary. Just like the start. Yes. Uh, not with about five or six of us sitting around drunkenly. Uh, we're sober and <laughs> there's only two of us. And also Julian Hazeldine lurking in the background. It's my flat, I've got an excuse. <laughs> hey, do what I like. Uh, so yes, yeah, so this this is waiting for God, which is um, yeah of of everything from so probably from one to six, but certainly even from one to two, uh, the the least liked episode by pretty much everyone. Yeah. Uh, e- even we voted it lower than a series one seven and eight episode, which was the only thing that happened. Uh, yeah, the, the only episode from one to six that that happened. For. That was collectively though. Yeah, I mean, I I, I heartily disagree with that. The first thirty six episodes exist. <laughs> In their own bubble, as far as I'm concerned, and this should not have been below Cassandra. Yeah. Especially because we watched Cassandra recently <laughs> and attempted to do a dwarf cast on it, and maybe we were just in a bad mood, but <laughs> Never. it didn't work. It we, we, we just really disliked it, it for was the first time in a while. One of the most miserable experiences since trying to commentate Quaity TV. <laughs> um, and now we've got... Um, this is a strange Holly intro because this is the one where it it feels the need to explain yeah. the end of Balance of Power, uh, and there's not really a joke there as well. Mm. <laughs> yeah, we blame Norman Lovett for a lot of things. Seems like a nice man though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, oh, this I I do like this sequence actually. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, I don't get the, any the specific reasons why people tend to just choose this as their least favourite. I, th- I think I think people forget about the Rimmer subplot because I think the Rimmer Quagars yeah. stuff is fantastic. Quagars. Quagars. <laughs> the Quagars. Whatever. Two, two A's. Um, but um, I just think people don't like the main plot at all. It's They don't like the heavy-handed religious stuff, perhaps? Yeah, the, the satire so is not the their best. Stuff? Well, you'll, you'll see, you'll as, see as you watch the episode. Um, but um, basically, yeah, in a nutshell... Um, it, it, Lister looks further into the fact that he pretty much already knows that he is um, seen as the god of the cat people um, because he owned the original cat that yeah that that the whole race sort of um, grew from over the th- over the three million years. Um, so are there a whole host of cats on the ship that you hardly ever no, see? They've all no, they've no, they've all gone except all for left. one, and that's the plot of the episode. And that's the thing I think having the cat priest around is a bit undwarfy. It's introduced it's quite weird. early on. It's introducing another element, and in series two, you could get away with additional characters. But at this point, I think they were still establishing the dynamic of the few of them on the ship. It's a little bit jarring. <laughs> Sorry, I just really like the Hollister report on on Rimmer. Yeah. <laughs> but the, I, I don't know the, the the actual idea of of Lister being seen as as the god of cat people and have all the all these myths written mm. um, of him over the you know over the millennia is a really really good idea and there's no getting away from the fact that it is such a strong sort of concept <laughs> the the logic this is one of the most quoted things <laughs> is, ever yeah <laughs> and yet this is this isn't as good as cassandra really yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is the <laughs> the really the really yeah. Gittish rumour of the first <laughs> series, and that's a good punchline. 
Oh, at the end of the day, Series so. 1 Rimmer is still Series 1 Rimmer, no matter yeah. what the episode, and there's no getting away from the fact that it's, you know, one of the best incarnations. Yeah. There's another great, you know, just throwaway idea that, you know, is just, just put in there, not really, you know, yeah. built upon us all, but, you know, the, the smell books. The cat books, just, yeah, yeah. It's a fantastic idea. Uh, well, who, who's this character? I don't, I don't quite remember this character. No, no one ever. No one really picked up on no. it as a as a thing, really, did they? Yeah, I, I I think the world is missing more people asking people on the internet if they'd like toast. Yeah, yeah, I think I think so. Yeah, definitely. I like how David must be brilliant again. I've got weird memories of a talking vending machine in one of the later episodes. Is that the same? That's Tony Slattery, and yeah. it's the same idea about a fifth as funny. Mm. No, worse. It's Sorry, you, you just said this was David Ross being brilliant, but it's not. Oh, no, it's David John Lennon. Ross in Series 4, yeah, this yeah. is John Lennon. Yeah. <laughs> John Lennon. Oh, dear me. John Lennon. Oh. A magician by trade. You're a magician by trade. What a pathetic idea. <laughs> <laughs> Rimmer just completely just see I, I, I don't know there's almost a, a slight irony because Rimmer's obviously got this big obsession with alien and discovering aliens yeah. in other cultures and then encounters something that's a completely different and alien culture and is completely dismissive <laughs> of it. Yeah. Is it why watching this for the first time? I assume that he was looking for somewhere to get out, as in somewhere he can go to. He's not interested in culture per se. No, he he. Well, no, he um he wants aliens uh, with an advanced technology to give him a body because he's oh. dead and he's a hologram. So but basically, he, it's a completely selfish reason. Yeah. So I don't think he has any uh, interest. In well, well, on the other hand, in this episode, the whole Quagar subplot, he um you know he's trying yeah. to discover more yeah. about their culture. Builds up his own colors. mythology, basically. <laughs> How do you get biscuit on a shirt? Um, very easily. Yeah, but how does it stay on a shirt? If it's a chocolate biscuit. Wow. Sort of rigorous analysis your website is famed for. This is dangerous. This might turn into just chuckling at the episode. Well, at the moment, because we're just, we're just in kind of dialogue between the two of them territory here, so... This little clip from the opening of every episode there. Yeah. Without interest, which one of these two was considered the star? Uh, Chris Barry, I think, mm, at the time. Well, Lister's the lead. Well, that, that was my impression watching it, because we opened with what's effectively a Chris Barry soliloquy. <laughs> Here, he's doing... being the protagonist in this scene. Mm, it, ver- it varies. Well, I mean, in this episode, this episode is more about Lister. Rimmer sort of backs off into the subplot. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's usually the case, I think. I mean, Lister is the lead character, there's no doubt about it. Well, it's just that Chris Barry is the strongest performer, and as the show went on, um, it played up to that as a strength. You know, the, I think I still think, well, writing aside, I think Chris Barry is by far the show's strongest asset and always has been. Oh, yeah. But I, I, would, I would say it's closer to being shared lead, to be mm. honest, because... But Rimmer's set up, certainly in episode one, Rimmer is set up, he is the antagonist, you know? I guess, yeah. But, I mean, that quickly changes where mm. obviously you, you can't have a character like Rimmer without start you know without something being written that you know starts off some sort of sympathy with him and you know 
you can't just have a complete bastard all the time and you know well, you that can't changes such a small and cast anyway. Well no. I do like the cat's yeah. food detector. This is just this is great. This is the cat acting it's being, like he's a being cat. catty. Yeah. yeah. Which is always funny because mm. cats are inherently funny. The ancient Egyptians worshipped cats because they thought they were funny. <laughs> I think probably the the funniest cat bit in the entirety of series one is um it's uh, confidence and paranoia, uh, where he's having his meal and Rimmer runs in. Yeah, <laughs> but he jumps up and sits down <laughs> when he's playing with his food and everything. It's, uh... This is a really weird conversation. Yeah, it, it seems a little bit stilted, mm. especially from Chris. It's weird. It's, okay, maybe this is you know one of the reasons that people tend to not you know not like this episode very much. But mm. <laughs> but this is good. <laughs> I like how even an onboard yo-yo is kind of silvery grey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Everything is grey on Red Dwarf. <laughs> there is something a little bit forced about yeah. his performance. It's like he doesn't really know how to play off Danny in in the early part. You've got you've got it. the good scene with them again. In, oh no, it's, it's balance of power with the cigarettes. But I don't know why I said cigarettes with an American emphasis there. But with the cigarettes. Um, was this shot one episode at a time or as one block uh, oh, one episode, one episode at a time because it, it was a week's rehearsal yeah. and then filming at the end of the week yeah a weekly it? schedule well, yeah. it was, well it was three days rehearsal one day um, pre-recorded in the studio yeah. and one day in front of an audience mm. um, the actual order of the recordings is slightly interesting <laughs> um, I think this was like the third one recorded um, yeah yeah I think I'm, I think I'm right Go me. Go medium. That looks really tasty. <laughs> looks, no, like, looks like looks like nice you, cereal. <laughs> you can tell that you skipped breakfast this morning. Oh, and that's our doorbell. Shit. <laughs> it's all, all right. right. It's fun. Julian can get it. I'm with you in a second. Should we pause it? Yeah. Okay, we're pausing now. All right, sorry about that. Uh, we just had to quickly go away, so we've now um, f uh, forgotten what we were talking about, so let's start from scratch. Uh, yeah, well, I, I was going to remark about the, uh, the the pictures guy. I do like the... Uh, see, that's a cat thing. Sometimes in books, yeah. we have drawn a couple They're of really pictures. nice pictures, actually. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be nice to get proper quality versions of that. I wonder yeah. if it's possible to... Probably not. They're probably destroyed. Danny could probably recreate them. <laughs> Danny can do everything. <laughs> oh, this is a cracking line. <laughs> 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 See, Julian, you're missing the explanation for why he's the god of the cat people. <laughs> no, I had the explanation earlier. It came out of your mouth. <laughs> you're always asleep, so do I. See, it's just such a good, solid concept, and I just don't understand why the episode gets so much flack. I mean... Okay, there's a lot about there's stuff later on about the satires about the religious war, you know, mm. religious war, all that. It's a little bit heavy-handed, but you know, it still makes a good point. It's still. Yeah. I do think it loses. I mean, I think we may well see when we get to it. Maybe I'll, I'll prove myself wrong, but I think it loses its way second half. I think it's a strong setup and a strong opening act, but it's been, yeah. it's been a while since I've seen it, so you know, this is reevaluation time. Let's see. 
So Holly obviously has smell sensors then. <laughs> yeah. It's going to translate the cat dictionary. I can believe that. <laughs> I love the fact that there's the little thing hanging off the side of the toaster that's not fixed properly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just really doesn't look like a handle. I love a bit in one of the books. Uh, it's probably well, it's better than life. <laughs> the one with Talkie Toaster. Because Talkie Toaster uh, rotates his browning knob thoughtfully. <laughs> <laughs> Got <laughs> See what I mean? Because I think I don't know the, the the bit with Cat and this is would be a little slow, and then Rimmer comes in and it it perks the whole thing back up again yeah. straight away. I mean, and the that's the thing. It's it's the pod plotline in this that where most of the humour comes from. I think one of my favourite moments from series one, actually later on, when um, I, I'll <laughs> point out when we get to it. If yeah. you're actually watching the episode while listening to this, which is doubtful. Yeah, this is the thing. I think this is why we didn't bother too much about pausing it and unpausing it. Because while we have this vague notion that they're going to be commentaries that people are going to listen to while watching, uh, I don't think anyone does. No. <laughs> if anyone does, back. comment and let us know. But, if anyone uh, does listen, comment and let us know. <laughs> like an alien. Yeah. <laughs> An example of Craig Charles being able to do something and Robin Doug writing it into a script there. <laughs> How is disgusting. it being able to do something? Who can't press their face up against glass I don't know, and it's a horrible, quite, slimy mark? It's quite, an impress- it's quite impressive the way he does it, though. <laughs> and I don't think I'd have the stomach to do that down glass with my mouth. You know, glass. You don't know where glass has been. Glass. Where your have you ever heard been? of a concept known as disinfectant? <laughs> yeah, but then yeah, you, you get, get disinfectant on your lips. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is such a yeah. highly quoted line as well. Yeah. Why am I using it? Because you've been here 15 years. <laughs> I mean, this this is a continuation of balance of power. It's the yeah. the power-related sniping between the two of them. And it's it's gone after series one. I think me squared's the point at which it all changes. There's anyway. not a great deal of mileage in it, yeah. really. Um, they need to settle in, and you know. I think yeah, I think they were wise to acknowledge that the setup that they had didn't. Um... This bit always really makes me cringe. Rubbing dust off metal like that, it's like oh, is it like kind of scraping nails yeah. down a blackboard, or, or Peter Griffin rubbing his hands on <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah, I think it's yeah. worse because I'm doing it. <laughs> oh, that's awful. <laughs> it ah oh, horrible goes right through me. It's it's exactly the same as in um, quarantine. Where Lister's rubbing the dust off the uh, warning signs. Oh, that's that's one of the the, the grey Holly lines. <laughs> Holly knows exactly what's going on, but well, it's a laugh, isn't it? <laughs> Keeping himself entertained as he yeah, slips. Oh, and here we here we've got Lin Guy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> see, this is a, another great line, another great you know gag. I wonder if that was added late on because it's entirely voiceover yeah. over a shot of the ship. You just wonder if that's something that's gone in late on. It's very possible. I mean, I don't know how far yeah. after the the shooting, the editing happened. I don't know whether they could have got Chris. You know, maybe they say, "Oh, we need another mm. joke in here. Let's get Chris in for an hour or so." It's an interesting um, juggling of subplots here because I think, like from a structural point of view, because usually if you've got a subplot to an episode, it's going to show up for a scene. But then it's going to go away while you go back to the main plot. And ostensibly, given the title, the main plot of this episode is um, the Lister and the Cat People plot. Yeah. That doesn't really come into it much until the second half. And we've gone from the pod scene and then we've gone straight to them in the bunks. And it's like, this is taking it over at the moment. 
And then in the last half of the episode, it just completely goes into the background. And I yeah. think, you know, I wonder if that's one of the reasons why it yeah. doesn't quite come off is because it's not really the best structured. Yeah, it's like the main idea of, of yeah, Lister being... I actually recall maybe something being said about this on the documentary. But yeah, the, the main concept is they weren't able to extend it fully to 30 minutes. Mm. So there's something unrelated in there, which turns out to be the best material. Well, this the is the thing, maybe, maybe this is why this episode's got one of the stronger subplots. Um, it's because it, it needed to. It pops it up, I think. Yeah. It's just... It's, it's not noticeably um, worse than any other... Any of the other, um, you know, non-wonderful episodes from the series, mm. like um, Future Echoes, Me Squared. Yeah, not the strongest set of lines yeah. here. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> saved. Did he? The subtitles just said saw. Yeah, the subtitles have been saying different things than the actual dialogue around. Well, that happens a lot. Um, we've remarked on this before on Dwarfcast, yeah. I believe. It's a, it's, a, it's a running thing. I still, I, I don't understand some of the edits because it, it's quite, a, it's quite a, a, a ponderous pace, mm. and there's enough room, there's enough time to show pretty much every single word on screen. I would say. Especially yeah, for people who are it. very used to. I reading. mean, I, I read quickly, but that doesn't mean everyone does, you know. Ah, I guess. Uh, I suppose this is coming from someone who doesn't really read the subtitles, they just scan them because they know exactly what's been said. This is a nice yeah. uh, punchline to the scene. <laughs> and Chris's delivery here. Chris Bowie's just <laughs> face. <laughs> <laughs> but he has made love to a woman, we know this. Singular. <laughs> Uh, it's Tony Hawks. <laughs> does does Lister say bonjour to the machine there? I've yeah. forgotten that. Well, I think he might say buongiorno. <laughs> so a bit of a Esperanto. <laughs> it's the Galeen as well, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ding dong, another great idea from the people who bought you beer milkshakes. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is where, I mean, now we've basically got everything shifted onto the Lister. Yeah. See, this is a really nice bit. It's a, it's a good holes, idea, you know. Yeah. And do you know what would make this better if they kind of just redid all the artwork? <laughs> I was going to say they, so they did redo this for remastered. I didn't think they, they did. Because yeah. I'm sure if I was confusing this with the artwork that they did for the evolving cat. Yeah, they, the end they had snippets of it, but then I think they used it again. That's probably why I, when watching this again on DVD, I didn't recognise the artwork. Yeah. I can't imagine a life where the remastered was first yeah. <laughs> exposure to. What's weird with this, you know, is before this, I mean, this is in the same series as The End, and we've had Lister's fantasy of going to Fiji and having a farm with horses. This is the first time the thing about the hot dog restaurant or anything like that is mentioned. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You know? Um, (laughs) Maybe they... It's just weird. It's like, was it... Was it always meant to be in there, but then got cut out of one, but not the other? Was it added in later on? I'm trying to remember the original... It's a weird one. I'm trying to remember the original pilot script... I don't think there's any mention of it in that. Mm. Or maybe it's just to give it a bit more... Like, give his plan a bit more texture, you know. Mm. I think this goes on a bit long. I think this... this dra- it's it's a nice idea, but this drags without enough jokes in it. No, you see, I, Red Dwarf can get away with doing... 
especially in the early days, with scenes like this that that you know leave jokes out and just have a nice bit of nice bit of backstory. You know, it's it's the sci-fi mm. of the show coming through, and there is room for that, I think. And and you know, Red Dwarf can support scenes where there's not many jokes in it. You know, Back to Earth managed it. That do like they flew straight into an asteroid. Oh, and that will be uh, <laughs> the door again. Oh, here we go. Worst bit of the episode. Yeah. So what else is new? I don't know. I mean, I don't know if this if it can even get away with this or what else is new, but it definitely can't get away with list the pointing. Well, to be honest, right, I think this whole episode has been beaten around the head just because <laughs> of that one joke, and I think it's really unfair. So yes, we had we had another paused moment there. Bit of breaking um, service. And uh, we now have uh, John and Tanya in the background as well. <laughs> They've, they've, they've materialised. This has got to go down as probably the most shambolic uh, dwarf cast ever, but it should hopefully and be a good one. And it's up against some pretty stiff competition. Badin. So this is about the only point really that the two pl- plots cross over, when you've got Rimmer busy doing his Quagar stuff and Lister yeah. trying to talk about the God stuff. They uh, cross over in as much as Lister tells his plot to Rimmer and Rimmer <laughs> completely ignores him. <laughs> Who writes down their laundry list anyway? Um, that's a good point. I've never <laughs> heard of it outside of Ed Dwarf. And, and especially, <laughs> why would Lister, especially when he's only got one pair of underpants? <laughs> well, yeah. Maybe it was back when he was going out with Kachansky and she made him buy a few more pairs. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm not really meant to pipe in. But, you are. Um, it's a laundry list on a uh, mining ship. Maybe all crew members uh, have to write down yes, in case they get point. lost. Yeah. On grey paper. That's yeah. Well done, Tanya. <laughs> Being intelligent there. <laughs> Thinking outside. I have to pull up with this all the time. <laughs> this I love is this. Great. Yeah, Rivers. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, they took Laddie out of the subtitle. Yeah, that's pointless. <laughs> it's a name I made up. Just angrily telling him that. <laughs> best Tot! end to a scene. Well, one of the best ends to us. <laughs> we'll soon see what's taught. Bastard. <laughs> we'll see the, the what, subtitles of this. Yeah. <laughs> How to sap any feeling of comedy out of anything whatsoever. Yeah. Well, that's why deaf people haven't got a sense of humour. <laughs> <laughs> so right, they won't be listening. Why did I do that in a Cockney accent, not a problem? Sure, right. <laughs> I want Lister's space, but so, say, I this, want Lister's London Jets t-shirt. This is possibly one of the most... I wasn't going to jest in, but I'm going to... Say See, we disagree on this one. So I think on. this is beautifully shot, this whole sequence. I think it really feels... Oh, no, we don't disagree. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'll, I'll disagree. It doesn't look. Well, it's it, it's All right. a really low budget sci-fi show from the late eighties. It's it's not Doctor Who and Torchwood from the two thousands. I'd love to see Torchwood shot in the late nineteen eighties. I like the look of it. I love the look of it. I get a real feeling that we have gone deep into the ship, and I don't know how the how they really do it. But it's the dust. It's the sound. It's the dust also, and it's also they've got the sound, especially on that final shot. They've really. You know, um, uh, uh, deadened it, and there's a very different hum there. It's very clever, and like they show, you know, I guess they they keep cutting away from Lister's journey, and and so every time you see him, he's he's 
walking a bit further mm. um, into the ship and going through hatches like and this. And it's stuff we've never seen before. Yeah. That's crucially yeah. the thing. Um, we never see ever, any of this before or after. See, this so it really feels... That's great. Yeah, and like the the effect of the dust when he falls through again, it does make him feel far removed from it's what a good we've set. seen before. It mm. is a good set as yeah. well. It's I wonder how much of it is actually just reused. Really for anything else? I yeah, think I this is a, this is bits of the the normal mm. corridors that they've really cleverly reused. You would expect it's it. Also, Dwarf has a tradition of reusing things and redressing yeah, things. It's difficult know. to tell. It's also the lighting, of course. The lighting on that is absolutely mm. uh, stunning. Here See, it may be a bit incongruous to suddenly having one cat left over which is mm. meant to be his, it's his dad in the books isn't it the priest is it I think so well yeah but I mean this oh, no, no, is never around the idiot, um, um, but no Coleman is so good I, it's this scene that I recall Cray Charles really not liking um, um, and it's, well Robin I don't do like, like Return it either, of the Heads I think it works fine I really do it's, um, I, I add Thud to things quite a lot actually <laughs> I've returned a Thud <laughs> I, I, I think possibly maybe one of the reasons it's not liked is it feels quite atypical for dwarf. No, this is what I was saying before. Yeah, it's 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 introducing another character at a point. Unfortunately, I'm repeating myself for the benefit of you when I'm saying it on the commentary. <laughs> Sorry. A point which the show couldn't really sustain it because it was mm. still setting everything up. It would be odd to do it. Say yes, yeah, series four, series five, uh, which you know. It is. It's a good performance, definitely. And they said, you know, it is quite sad. This, but, yeah. yeah, but he has his, uh, he has his moment. Mm. I find it really difficult watching this because I know what a miserable time Noel Coleman went through yeah. with yeah, the lines with the, and getting his injuries. Fucks, right? yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> That's <laughs> quite <laughs> entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> Good gags all the way. Uh, I'm not sure that that I did wonder is. I don't know. If that's a bit of overcooking. Nah, it's fine. It is really quite distressing. Mm. Isn't it's, it's? I don't know. It's and it's got lots of nice sentiments. This. Well, research. it's about you know the power. I suppose the power of faith to make people happy and yeah. that kind of thing. But it shows both sides. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's a little lightweight and sometimes it's, the, the overgeneralisation is where it falls down most, like, so what else is new? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't define the whole episode, you know, the, the dodgy moments. I think as a whole, it's, I, think, I think it's really strong. Although I would like to go on record and say that religion sucks. <laughs> Your face sucks. What are the Your religious re- sucks. What are the religious views of the writers? Um... That's a good question. That's gone on record, but oh, I, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't like to guess. I suppose. I well, I, I would. I could easily guess. I get the impression but... that they're that they secular, might be but Rob certainly in like, yeah. Rob. Yeah, yeah. I don't Rob, think they have anything particularly against organised religion, or at least you know, Christianity. I don't know. See again, notice despite the fact that this is the subplot, it's this that ends the episode. Yeah, yeah. and really well. So. <laughs> Messing about with credits. Yeah, More should be done, yeah. Yeah, always nice when shows do oh, that. Which you can't do anymore. To see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> unless you're Charlie Brooker, who's ace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, unless you're on BBC4, no one cares what you do with your credits. <laughs> but yeah, this, this is brilliant. It is great. <laughs> 
It's the fact that they let the theme start going. <laughs> Wasn't this actually added in the edit as yeah. well? Listen. See, this might have been added at the same time that they had... Because um, we were just talking about the uh, the bit, the the, um, the Quagars, the voiceover of the ship uh, with the yeah. ship. So maybe, maybe they hand with the punctuation yeah. bit. Seems yeah. like we wondered whether they added that in the edit, got Chris in for an hour or so, and also done this. Mm. Well, you know, we're making up our own dwarf. No, it, yeah. it fits. It fits. <laughs> but um, what, what, well, oh God, I'm a cunt. What I would say, however, is the audience laughter there, is that real? It was added in the edit, so it's it's not even real. That's the thing, laughter. it's real laughter. No, they could, no, they could have filmed places. at the time of the episode him saying, it's a garbage pod, it's a smegging garbage pod. Oh, actually. And then decided to run it into the credits. It could have done. Yeah. Maybe it didn't work just him saying it. Because it's quite an abrupt yeah. cut anyway. It is an, it is an odd ending. Actually, yeah, right? and speaking yeah. of abrupt cuts and odd endings. Well, we can go on for as long as we want, you know. Remember the ticker commentary? We went on for an hour, for fuck's sake. Yeah, yeah but we have got Fenric to watch. Oh, we have got Fenric to watch, yeah. You should read NTS. <laughs> Somebody should. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, well, uh, hope you enjoyed that. Yes. Bye. 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 See you next time. Bye. www.ganymede.tv There ain't no place in the whole of cyberspace.